Welcome to the Big Book Roundtable in the RICO 12 family of recovery resources targeted at people from all backgrounds, faiths, and places dealing with addictions of all varieties. RICO 12 is also a resource for the loved ones of addicts and really anybody. It's a resource for anybody seeking a spiritual way of life. My name is Justin B. I am a child of an all-powerful and all-loving God and a multidisciplinary addict living today in the miraculous recovery that is promised in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm joined by David G and Nikki M, and we're excited to be here gathered around this virtual roundtable uh, from three corners of, of North America, and we're excited to be here with you. David, why don't you jump in and tell us, introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely, Justin. David G, I'm an alcoholic addict of many sorts from Oklahoma. Very grateful to be here today. Been sober all day long and and for just about three decades now. So very, very grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, David. I'm glad you're sober all day long and for three decades. That's awesome. Nikki, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Nikki M. And I'm a grateful member of this beautiful fellowship. And that's what this book asked me to identify. It says when, when introducing ourselves, you can introduce yourself as a member of whatever anonymous you're in. So that's how I'm introducing myself today as a grateful member of this beautiful, uh, any anonymous, all of the anonymouses that I can get under my belt. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, David. Today, we're going to continue our reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the fourth edition, starting on page 11 of, of that uh, in Bill's story. We've the last couple of readings, we've been talking about Bill's interaction with Ebby Thatcher at his kitchen table, and we're going to continue on that um, here, um, and we'll jump right in and start reading here. Once again, page 11. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously it had not. There had been no power, no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and this was none at all. That floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. I saw that my friend was much more than inwardly reorganized. He was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. Man, there's so much powerful uh, information in here, and I'm I'm really excited to get into hearing what uh, David and Nikki have to say about this. Let's start off with David. Tell us a little bit of some of the things that jumped out at you in this reading, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we we still see a lot of uh, you know prejudice in Bill, a lot of fighting within him on his own self about religion, about this, about that. You know, but but the great news, as we've talked before, is is Bill is coming into an awakening here. And and I just love that. He said, you know, my friend sat before me and made the point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. 
that's a very thing hard thing for alcoholics to do. We have to remember, Ebby had only been sober for a couple of months at this time. It isn't like he'd had lots of years. He hadn't been in here three decades or any of that stuff. But he did um, admit complete defeat. And look at, at what he says, you know, then, not before, but then he had, in fact, been raised from the dead suddenly. And anytime I see that word, that's a spiritual experience. It's almost like immediately, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. And that's what happens to us. We come in here beat down. We come in here begging for mercy. And the miracle happens for us once that we're able to surrender. Bill asked this question, had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and that was none at all. You know, the power, it's amazing how it begins to flow. We're going to see this as we move through this book and into our third step. It says, as we felt new power flow in. I think we feel it a long time before we get to the third step. But when we get there and we make that covenant with a power greater than self, that power is there and that launches us into action. And we're able to look at the things that had defeated us all along, which had been self. And we begin to recover. Uh, it is beautiful. Bill said it floored me. It began to look as though religious people were right after I see he's still hung up on this deal. Religious people were right. Religious this, religious that it doesn't matter. Why? Because here is something at work in the human heart. And he ain't talking about religion here which had done the impossible, my ideas, keyword right there, ideas. See, when I recover from my ideas about what is and what isn't, then I begin to have a, an experience like Bill's having here. So he says, my ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. We begin to recover from our ideas, from our outlook. Here said a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. How could he not? He's sober. He's recovered from a hopeless state of mind. Now we do know that, that Ebby drinks again and he drinks many times through the years. And he was a couple of weeks sober in, in a hospital in Dallas, Texas when he finally died, but, but he drank a lot. And so the story or the message behind this message for me is no matter how wonderful my sponsor is, no matter how much good recovery in this and this, he is still a man. And I'm still a man to the people I sponsor. I'm very much capable of falling back into temptation and addiction all over again, the same way that, that Bill did here or Abby did here. So he shouted great tidings. He said, I saw. See, he didn't feel this. He didn't think this. He seen it. And I think for us to see that one-on-one -on -one is that someone who is much more inwardly reorganized, he's on a different footing. His roots grasp new soil. And that's a spiritual experience. And one is fixing to hit Bill right here at this kitchen table. I mean, he's fixing to come alive to the power of the spirit within in a way that would change the, not only his life, but the life for millions and millions of people to come. This is a beautiful thing. God is the man here, not Bill, not Abby. God, thank you. Thank you, David. And thanks for relating that i love i love that so much good stuff in there nikki what are some of the things that uh that jump out at you as we read those paragraphs well i mean so much and thank you david i just i love all the history on this it's just amazing and it is true a daily reprieve so thank you for that reminder it says 
you know, here he made the point blank declaration that God, and when I read that with my sponsees, I will replace the word God for spiritual principles. See, the point blank declaration is that being responsible, getting humble, forgiving has done for me. You know, that's what's done for me, taking action in this program. And my human will has failed me. I, my line out, I'm beyond human aid. Doctors pronounced him incurable. And that's where I go because I have a lot of people I sponsor with a lot of big excuses. See, everybody, if you're listening, we are in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, fourth edition. But there's also a book out there. It's called the Big Book of Excuses. And I know, I know it. I mean, I, I wrote part of the chapters, but it's like, no, have you really tried a spiritual mode of living is what our book on page 133 says, a spiritual mode. And, you know, here where it says, like myself, he had admitted complete defeat to my innermost self. I have to admit, if you're all wondering where did he, he didn't admit it to his friend. You have to admit it to your innermost self that you're defeated. And that's what happened to me. And I love this line where it says, um, taken from a scrap, uh, scrap, uh, scrap heap to a level of life better than the best known I've ever, uh, life I've ever had. Page 42 talks about it. And 43, where it says, you know, spiritual principles will solve all my problems. But it says this when it, when it says, and I love it because it's true for me. I had a good life. I'm a retired burlesque entertainer. Okay, it was a dark time, but a really good time. And I'll tell you, it says, I would not exchange its best moments. See, I won't exchange my best moments in the life for the worst ones I have now. And I would not go back even if I could. That's what he's saying right here. You know, and this whole thing about miracles. You know, I thought a miracle was literally people rising from the dead of the Red Sea parting. These miracles you hear about. Lately, I've had little miracles like getting free paper plates and forks for a party that I was just overwhelmed with all these duties I had to pay for and have. It was the little things. I'm unblocked so I can see it. My ideas about miracles have drastically been revised. I mean, this is miracles are everywhere, but here it was. I was too busy blotting out the consciousness of my existence to even see them. They're everywhere. Miracles are everywhere. And I recently sat across, and this is why I'm an all addictions and all afflictions girl. I sat across from a guy my age, crackhead, lots of kids, beautiful man, you name it. He's burnt his life into the ground. I am not a hardcore drug addict. I, I'm process addictions. I watched a miracle. I watched him be reborn. He came from the rooms of N.A., Justin and David, if you've ever sp uh, sponsored someone from the rooms of NA, you've got to really, you know, they got to sweep away their prejudice, everything they've ever known or learned for years in NA because they have a different book. And I watched a miracle. And I know Cameron across the street, who was my original sponsor. And I mentioned his name a lot because we do have a, a, a big, you know, movement that we do with this big book and, and our workbook. He has saw me change. Like I've been reborn and reorganized, which is a totally different lifestyle. I have a totally different lifestyle now. I cannot do the things I used to do and expect 
different results. This is, I, I, I have to stop doing what I want to do and start doing the things I don't want to do. That's what this program asked me to do. I'm just so grateful to, to, to have this awareness today. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. David, I, I have a question for you. Um, that last phrase, he was on a different footing. His roots grasped a new soil. What does that mean to you? How does that look practically speaking in 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 this aspect of recovery? I see that as his beliefs had changed. You know, uh he's on a different footing now because he's he's in a different uh, system of thought. And, and that's the same thing that happens to us. If, if you read up, you know, if you have your book and you look up around page 85 and 86, it really begins to talk about the new thinking that is going to be a part of our life as we, uh, begin to, to move forward with this. What at top of 87, what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually and that's where I fall short because I want it today, right now, not gradually. It becomes a working part of the mind. And see, I'm on new footing there. Being still in experience and just having made conscious contact with God, it's not probable I'm going to be inspired all the time. I might pay for this and that. But it says, nevertheless, we will find. <laughs> that means it had to be lost if I'm to find it. That my thinking, not my alcoholism, not my drug addiction, not my sex addiction, not my food, my thinking will, uh, you know, as time passes, there it is again, you know, not today, not right now, but as time passes, it'll be more and more on the place of inspiration to come to rely on it. So anytime I see that he, he was on different footing, you know, he grasps new soul. This is talking about his beliefs. Because man is what he believes, as a man thinketh, so is he. And that is so true. So thank you for that question. Yeah, and thank you for that answer, David. I really appreciate it. Nikki, I got a, a question that goes a little bit personal here, maybe. But I'd like to really, using the phrase from our reading, um, let's see, the phrase that says, like myself, he had, com he had admitted complete defeat. Do you mind, are you willing to share a little bit about the time that you realized, oh, I am absolutely defeated. I am completely defeated. Yes. And as everybody knows, like, you know, my other introduction is, hi, I'm Noodle with Nikki or Nick, Nikki with Noodle. So I get real open and honest. So you can ask me anything. Um, when I admitted defeat, I was going to, um, I couldn't work, Justin. I like to take people hostage in my workplace. And one person I took, I wouldn't let go of, and he wasn't mine to, to take hostage. And, um, I, and I was doing all of this sober, everybody, if you're listening, I wasn't drunk or, uh, slamming fentanyl or cocaine. I was sober, not sober minded, but I was sober with, with those, um, with those things. And what happened is I was going to kill myself and kill him. I couldn't work. That's, when I admitted complete defeat, I couldn't get out of bed. And I want to remind everybody who's listening. I had, I have a big house. I have healthy children. I had everything you can imagine. And I was going to die. That's the worst. One time my friend said, you know, Nikki, he said, he said, you know, it's okay when someone's sitting in their Beamer and, and, you know, they're dying. At least they have their car. 
And, and he said, I'm on my bike and I'm dying. And then my friend who has a Beamer, he said, no, I, I, there's no difference. I'm just getting, I'm staying dry. There's just no difference. I'm just dry. And so that's, that's what happened. I was, I completely admitted defeat because I was going to kill myself and kill another person. I had it all planned out. And long story short, I don't know where, because you know when you're in the blackout? Yeah, I mean, you guys, you know how we get, how do we get in the rooms? I don't remember. There was a moment of clarity. And a friend of mine said, uh, you need help. He said, you need help. And I went home and I don't know how it happened. I found an Al-Anon meeting. <laughs> and that's how I found my way to God. You know, there was nothing else because Justin, before that, I had tried everything, all the human aids. We've talked about it, the location, the the the, uh, the addiction centers, the mental health. I even had, as I told you, I went and had a baby with a man that I didn't even really know because I thought I needed a husband and a son. So my complete defeat, I'm grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. Thanks. I love to go down memory lane because I've come so far. Yeah, beautiful. And thank, thanks for being willing to share that, Nikki. I really appreciate it. Okay, let's jump into takeaways here. David, what's a takeaway for you from what we've discussed and read today? Complete defeat. <laughs> you know, if I ever get to the place to where I think that I've arrived, then I'm going to be in trouble. And I know that from experience. Complete defeat for me today doesn't have to go to the depths of where it did 30 years ago or even four years ago. I need to wake up completely defeated every day so that I can empty self and fill it with spirit. So I want to I want to remember that complete defeat is not always a bad thing. In fact, it's absolutely necessary for the rebirth process that that we experience here. So thank you, Justin. Uh, beautiful, David. Thank you. That that was a really powerful insight for me. Thank you. Nikki, how about you? What's the takeaway for you from our reading today? I guess the takeaway is that miracles are real. Miracles are real, everybody. If you think that miracles are not for you, stay here. If you think that you can't be a miracle for someone else, stay here. You, my other takeaway about miracles is they need to be revised. If you're listening, please think about miracles in a different way because the three of us sitting here, I'm looking at two men on the screen that are complete miracles and I'm a miracle. And as David said, I can never forget that this is a daily thing that I have to do and a lifestyle that I need to, um, I need to dive deep into. Oh, and I love this too, about the heart. The miracles sometimes, you know, it's all about the heart here. It's about my heart and soul. So I'm just, I'm just, I can't believe, you know, my other line, my takeaway is miracles aren't just for radical Jews named Jesus. They're for girls named Nikki M too. Oh, I love it. And my, my takeaway is along that same line, Nikki, you know, I've got a lot of things underlined and highlighted and, and, and lines out and everything on this page, but I didn't have anything on this, this phrase. I'm going to read the first phrase and then I'm going to read the phrase that I didn't have anything on. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. And here's the phrase I had nothing on. 
never mind the musty past. And as we read this today, I thought, well, you know, one of the things that I despise most about myself and about other, not despise, that I, that I am bothered by myself or by other people is when I talk about a spiritual experience or a miracle that happened in my life years ago. Well, that that's not going to save me today. It's not going to help me today. Yesterday's miracle isn't going to help me. Never mind the musty past. Never mind the miracles of the Bible. Never mind the miracles of, of whatever else from the past. Those are all well and good in those days, but that's not going to help me today. I have to seek and recognize these little miracles. Nikki, you mentioned a couple of small ones uh, today and just in 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 our in our story here. I, I need to recognize those things. They are what helped me today. Never mind the musty past. I need to stay fresh today in those miracles. All right. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for listening in. If you'd like to learn more about the recovery uh, uh, resources that both David and Nikki are working on in their own uh, individual lives, you can learn more about that in the show notes. I've got links in there. If you'd like to support RICO 12 and what we're doing, uh, please consider doing that. We've got some really cool resources that come out every week. We've got three or four different resources every week right now that are helpful to the addict and really to anybody who is seeking a spiritual way of life. Keep coming back around here, guys. What we're doing here is good for us, and I hope it's good for you. Uh, Keep trudging this road of happy destiny with us. Work it. You are worth it. 